This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by Pivot BioProven. Get what you paid for. The nitrogen that stays put, whether or not. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. How could farmers and dining establishments create great local restaurants to serve delicious food and capture more profits for those who grow and serve that food? Origins Cafe is doing just that, serving outstanding dishes, using locally sourced food from area farmers, and creating the most unique setting where people can dine. Cars are literally lining the roads with visitors driving many miles just to get a seat here. That's our topic for this week's Farming the Countryside, and it's brought to you by Pivot Bioproven. In 2020, I had the chance to use a new corn nitrogen product firsthand in my fields, Pivot Bioproven. Pivot Bioproven adheres to the root of the corn plant, creating a mutually beneficial nitrogen-generating partnership that stays strong all the way through harvest. It's the weather-resistant and sustainable way to achieve more predictable, more productive yields than ever before. Our 2021 trial is underway this season, and I'll be sharing our findings throughout the season and in Farm Journal magazine. We'll be looking at how Pivot Bioproven can help supply corn with the nitrogen it needs throughout the season. And that hopefully means the use of less synthetic nitrogen in the future, saving us money while still supplying the corn the nutrients it needs. Pivot Bioproven may change the way you think about nitrogen. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Kristen and Dana Leonard help operate a most unique family-owned cafe. For part of the year, it's not a cafe at all. It's a greenhouse. And as they will explain, as the weather warms, the greenhouse slowly transforms into tables and chairs where people can come inside and dine among the beautiful flowers and plants they sell. Their menu is mostly local, with food they grow, but much that they source from local farms surrounding Cooperstown, New York. This is not a flash in the pan. Their family has been here for multiple generations, and they've been serving food for over a decade. These sisters have created a wonderful atmosphere, great food, and opportunities to help local farms as well, a pattern that could be replicated in other areas of the country. And when I recently visited, cars were parked along the sides of the road as many people drove to this outside-of-town location to get a seat. Kristen, take me back. What are we talking, 30, 40 years to the origins of Origins Cafe here? Yeah, so 37 years ago, my parents, who both studied uh, horticulture and um, agriculture, met in college, and they decided to start a small greenhouse uh, in the very place that we're sitting now. So they started um, one little hoop house, landscaping, going door-to-door, selling landscape jobs, and, um, and so my sister and I and our brother, we grew up in this space, um, all very oriented towards... Um, environmentalism in our in our path and so after we left uh, Cooperstown and we went and studied um, largely uh, ecosystem sciences and impacts of the food system we decided to come back and start origins uh, 10 years ago as a small food truck so when you started as a food truck then what types of things were you out there selling and was it all grown here by you yourself then so both my sister and I um, we were very much interested in the environmental impacts of the food system. And so our mission was to source local food. And 
Um, neither of us studied uh, culinary arts growing up, so we decided when we started we would just source the best ingredients we could find, keep it super fresh and simple, and just let the food speak for itself. So um, that way there wasn't uh, too much pressure on, on our, um, our culinary background because it was really oriented towards the best ingredients around. So what did you do then for that culinary background? Did you have to bring somebody in to help, uh, you know, put some of these dishes together? Uh, well, as it went and as um, we continued to expand our menu, we started with simple grilled sandwiches, soups, uh, salads. And then my sister actually has a really natural affinity towards flavor balancing. And she became the real um, the real chef and and we've also had a lot of experiences traveling between seasons and uh, during our travels we always pick up a lot of inspiration and so yeah it's been from the beginning a a lot of fusion from our experiences and um, over the years now this is our 10th year we've also had a lot of great chefs uh, drop in and contribute to our kitchen and yeah we're very blessed with a lot of talent that has come in um, through the last 10 years. Give people an example of what types of dishes we might be talking about. So if I look at your menu, what types of things am I going to be uh, seeing? Um, So really it's all about what's in season. So today on our menu, um, we have a lot of salads. At this point, we have a lot of, you know, the the bounty of of summer is just coming into play. So there's a lot more diversity on, on the salads. This would probably be a good time to pull in my sister here, who uh, runs the kitchen. We have different menus for different events. During lunch, we still, as true as we started, we have a lot of soup salads, paninis, um, typical lunch fare. And yes, as Kristen was saying, we are enjoying the bounty of the season right now it's a little bit more difficult when we start in the spring um really even into june in upstate new york there isn't a whole lot of variety in terms of fruits and vegetables that have that are are new and changing um and now mid-july it's just a constant constant array of new things to work with which is super fun but we um yeah we we do the best with what we have we have uh, also our dinner menus um, on Wednesday nights, we have a set menu, so it's an appetizer, entree, and dessert that um, we change every week based on what's in season. So everybody who comes eats the exact same thing, and it's kind of a nice community experience in that sense. It's like, you know, whatever the the chef at the time is um, envisioning with the ingredients that we have available, it's really just taking what we have and, and making something delicious with it. So the Wednesday night, it's called the Community Harvest Dinner. And that is, um, yeah, again, changing every week based on what we have access to. And then on Friday nights, we also have um, a dinner menu, a little bit more variety, but again, super limited options, which really helps us hone in on um, on what how we want to get creative because it's hard when you're reinventing the wheel every week to have like a huge menu and we also get a lot of feedback that people like letting us choose and and giving us um kind of free reign over over how we want to cook and just enjoying that and and taking away the choice so so we have lunch with lots of options but then our dinners tend to be a little bit simplified based on really what's at the height of the season okay can you source everything that you need locally and when we say locally how local is local here no (laughs) we 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 can't um so we 
We base our menus really on what um, vegetables and fruits are in season. And then a lot of the the meats we are able to get year-round. So living in upstate New York, we have an awesome array of dairy dairy products as well as meat products that we have access to throughout the seasons. But then a lot of the the changing nature of the menu is inspired by by what's what's in season. And then many of the bare-bones things... um, we're buying in from wholesalers so we try to buy organic when we can but certain things we actually do have um some local beans out of the Ithaca area which is about three hours away so we start getting our reach gets farther um with some of the staples like the the dried goods particularly um and yeah of course like you know salt um trying to think of other lemons uh you know, there's 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 definitely a, a large handful of things that um, are not coming from the area. And actually, one of the things that we find we have to get the most creative with is is sourcing a lot of the like vegan dishes and that sort of thing because we do get a lot of dietary um, restrictions with vegan gluten-free people and whatnot and because we live in upstate New York we're kind of in dairy country so you know working with alternative nut milks and that sort of thing um, that our reach gets a little farther with those sorts of things too but um, we try as much as we can to at least keep what's the heart of the menu what's what's the main thing that people are going to take away from the meal to be something that's local yeah and we do have um a large garden here we grow uh, a a good amount of herbs that we source on our menu um we're also a a fully an operational greenhouse so we're growing from start um all organic open pollinated vegetable starts and so we'll start you know everything and grow out so that we can speak to how how the variety um fairs in this area so what we have is more of an educational garden and we work with school programs um, we host a school program every week uh, with about 15 students that come over and work in the garden each week so we we do have the intention of expanding our our um, what we are able to source on our menu here um, the volume of, of food that we're going through is a bit beyond what we're what we're able to grow on site but I would say it's it's definitely a continued intention to, to keep growing from seed and sharing starts with with well-sourced seedlings. This is radio. People can't see it. You referenced the greenhouse, okay. but talk about what we're sitting in because the food is great, but the setting is something you don't find every day either. Yeah, so uh, surrounding us right now, we have a huge diversity of um, both tropical and uh, native plants. We have, we're right next to a a big citrus tree. There's hanging baskets that we've been growing here since February when we opened the greenhouse. Um, So yeah, it's quite an eclectic mix inside inside the greenhouse and it changes over the course of our growing season. Um, We can't can't heat our greenhouses throughout the whole long, cold New York winter. So we, we do close it down um, towards the beginning of November, so December and January and most of February. Uh, we roll up the plastic and it snows in here. And then um, we'll get one greenhouse started in February, packed with benches. We're just growing plants for the first um, month and a half of our season before we ever have any tables or anybody in here to eat food. Um, so the space is constantly shape-shifting. And right now, as we're kind of in the middle of summer we have we have a lot more space for tables 
Yeah, it's it really creates a beautiful dining experience, lots of biodiversity. There are a lot of tropical plants as well, which we've connected with growers um, or in Florida, and we'll we'll bring up a collection every spring. Yeah, it's it's uh, never the same two days in a in a row really here. Things are shifting so frequently. And actually, our parents started the the greenhouse center. Um, this is their thirty sixth year, and so. The cafe was was a newer addition. This is our tenth year of running that, so we um, knew we wanted to to come back to be close to home. That there was tremendous opportunity with what they really created from the ground up. You know, built the first hoop house um, a long time ago, and now we have fourteen greenhouses in total. So th- there's quite a number. They go they go all the way up past the where you can see. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess you guys can't see it all on the radio, but. Um, yeah, so so really, we're just building on what they have created, and they they specifically were doing landscaping, herbs, ornamental plants, vegetables for a long time, and we're expanding in the edible category. And my mom actually is the one who goes to Florida every year, gets a truckload of tropicals, and and brings them back up, kind of to add to this exotic you know and and connecting to like what does a banana tree look like what does a fruit tree look like because especially younger people um we go to the grocery store and we have these things but we can't actually oftentimes um imagine or see what that looks like and really bring ourselves to recognize that these aren't things that we're used to that are native to this area and so ideally integrating a little bit more appreciation into those things that we're consuming all the time um that we sometimes don't stop to think wow this came from south america or somewhere that's so very far away Away from where we are here. The people that are coming here, are they coming because they are looking for a specific type of food? They're looking for it because it's grown a specific way? Do they like just the atmosphere? Or is there a typical customer that comes here to dine? That's a good question. I think from the beginning, we've had a very loyal, supportive um, local customer base and who have really stood with us behind our mission of supporting the local, um, local farmers and um, really just dedicated to a mission-driven business. So I know that's been a big part of our growth from the beginning. And now I know there's a lot of people, more every day it feels like, um, people that, you know, we have some nice reviews floating around. So people come from all over. We don't know where a lot of them come from. Um, And I know that the the environment is really unique and beautiful, and that's definitely part of the draw. Um, But hopefully it's also people that are interested in in, um, also understanding better where their food is coming from. You know, we've mentioned that about where the food comes from, and I think for a lot of ag producers listening to this, they wonder, okay, so what you're sourcing, do you have any stipulations on it has to be grown a certain way or types of things, or what types of things are you looking for when you're sourcing that food? Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a, a list of of ingredients that it's it's most important that we are are sourcing locally. There are certain things that might be really cost prohibitive, um, but for the most part, I would say, as far as local producers go, I would say 90% of what we're buying locally is organically grown. Dana can probably speak a little bit more to this. Yeah. So, so as Kristen was saying, we are kind of in the a lot of places that are doing the the farm to table um, working with really sustainable producers are very expensive places to dine and we're kind of trying to make it accessible um our prices are 
I think, pretty reasonable considering the ingredients that we're sourcing. So as much as we do the best that we can and source organic as much as possible, um, we're also trying to work with farmers that can supply quantities, which is which can be a challenge for small farmers, especially those farmers that are doing a lot of markets, are, um, you know, ha- have, have a lot of pulls in different directions. So we have a main farm that we get a lot of, Chicory Creek Farm, um, about... 10 miles from here and they are certified organic and they don't go to farmers markets they're specifically growing for a few big accounts like us um so that's really helpful because the reliability of being like every week we need 35 pounds of lettuce and every week we need you know x y and z and to have that reliability can be really important when you're trying to keep things organized and to have um yeah, just to source a menu that's consistent and that you can really hone in for the customers. And so that's that's also a main thing in terms of like who we're buying from is just people who can provide quality and quantity um, and ideally in an organic way, which is a lot to ask. <laughs> yeah. And, and that said, we do have literally a new menu every day. So that does allow for some flexibility if someone had a good cherry crop and it might not be a huge um, amount but certain things we can kind of work into the menu which is also very supportive of our 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 community mission you know getting getting a lot of small local growers involved um, really makes it special and so yeah having while it is it is definitely a lot more work to change up the menu um, with subtle changes every day it it does lend to some more flexibility with incorporating Um, some unique different things that might come in from growers around the corner. This may be difficult for you to know, but how big of an impact do you think you've had on local farmers being able to sustain themselves, to have an an operation that they can grow for? What's the impact you hear from those locals that you're buying from? I mean, we're we're spending thousands of dollars a week on local food so hopefully a good one Um, and I think beyond just like you know putting money directly in farmers pockets ideally it's an educational experience where people can come here and learn a little something through the menu through the plants um, about the importance of local eating and so hopefully the the reach goes way beyond what we as one restaurant is doing but you know seeing more and more restaurants that are starting to um, work in local farms and, and seeing more and more customers that are prioritizing that for their home shopping. I think that's ultimately how we see ourselves having the biggest impact is just how can this ripple out beyond what we're doing right here. So ho- hopefully a big one. <laughs> I think that people listening to this sometimes wonder, okay, if I'm in, in farming, if I'm in agribusiness, can I do something like this? And I suppose they can, but how difficult was this to do this? I mean, this is not an overnight thing. And in some ways you've been in this past your lifetimes, you know, we're going back 35 years and more. So is this something that can be replicated in other areas of the country uh, to help local farmers and, and those that want to eat locally? I think one thing that um, has been really invaluable to our, our growth is, is working as a family. And we have a very unique situation in that, uh, there are four of us, my, my sister here and mom and dad and I, we all have very unique skill sets and we all are obviously, you know, extremely dedicated and committed to the greater, the greater picture of what's going on here. So having people that are um, kind of well-versed in a variety of, of um, 
different skills. I mean, our, our father is the real infrastructure guy. He puts up all the greenhouses and keeps everything, keeps everything running and watered. And um, our mother is the real plant, plant woman. She's cl- connect, connecting um, with all the growers and the various um, nurseries that we work with to get all the plants here and to grow them all. Um, Dana, of course, has been in the real um, the real motor behind getting the kitchen up and running, and and I do more of the the front of house organizing of events and and the daily the daily flow of the restaurant. So those are four pretty major components that um, when you have, of course, it doesn't necessarily have to be family if you have those people that are all are close together and really dedicated to the mission, but. It certainly doesn't hurt that we're on our, our grandparents' land here, and, it, and this, this thing mean, means the world to us that we can create something that, um, like Dana said, ripples out and touches a lot of people. I suppose that you would both say this has been a success. Where's Origins heading next? Does it continue to build more greenhouses and create more spaces? Is it open more time? Do we open new locations? Or is this what you've envisioned? Where, where do we go from here? I think we're all on the same page. No one can imagine opening another location because when you see how much goes into one project like this, it's just an immense amount of work. And um, people all the time are asking, when are we going to franchise and go to start this in some other state? And yeah, that's that's definitely not happening. Uh, <laughs> um, we're, I think we can probably all have a different answer to this for me it's continuing to expand on our our educational mission um getting being able to touch more young people in the area with um inspiration as to why why what we eat is important why the way we grow it is important and how that affects so many people and the planet um i would say if that's the one thing that as we continue to grow i i'm i'm definitely committed to seeing that aspect of the business grow? Yeah, we have done a lot of expanding and have experienced some growing pains along the way. I mean, it's, it's, it's been amazing, and I think we all feel that way. But at this point is the time to start fine-tuning and less, less expansion and less growth and really start starting to make this feel better and better all the time for our staff, for the customers who come here, just getting to a lot of that detail work that sometimes rapid growth doesn't allow for. And so, um, yeah, and part of like a, a big detail, as Kristen said, is just expanding on the, the educational efforts, um, the events that we do that really bring together community and support and foster some of the original motivation behind starting the restaurant in the first place. The folks that you're uh, working with locally, we've talked about some of the, what I would say, the greens. What about on the livestock side? You've got so many dairies here and other livestock producers. Is that something else that you're sourcing here locally? Yeah, there are, um, I would say there are two major farms where we're sourcing organic grass-fed beef and um, organic pastured chicken and pork. And yeah, all of our dairy. So yeah, all together, I don't know, maybe five or so farms that make up the bulk of of the meats and the milk and the cheeses, although the cheeses that, that, yeah, the cheeses we can go on and on because, um, there are so many great projects across the state and, um, there are great networks to get those to our greenhouse here. For folks that are interested either in this concept, because some may be listening far from here, 
just about how you do it, or maybe they're wanting to come to Cooperstown. Cooperstown has a lot going on. How are, how's the best way for them to connect with you? Is that online for them to see first? Yeah, I would say um, we've got a website, which is originscafe.org, which has photos you can explore, and we're on Facebook as well. Um, lots of imagery to check out there. Um, we're happy to... Um, answer questions or offer more about our experience with getting things off the ground for anyone that's interested in doing something similar um, info at originscafe.org is, is our email and um, yeah coming to Cooperstown is probably the best way because <laughs> it's hard to explain and express uh, how this all comes together in, in the flesh but yeah it's, um, it's been a beautiful journey so far and we're now yeah 10 years in and we're excited to see how it continues to unfold here thanks for the time I appreciate it thank you so much Cooperstown New York as you may know is home to the Baseball Hall of Fame it's a beautiful area and if you find yourself in that part of the country it would be worth your time to see the Greenhouse and Origins Cafe I know of others who have opened a cafe inside a greenhouse, but Origins is very well done, and their commitment to partnering with local farms has been a win-win for many in the area. It's an example of the types of agricultural businesses that can flourish when different segments of the food industry come together. Be sure to check out some of their pictures online. I'll post some on our Farming the Countryside Facebook page as well. As always, thank you for joining us either on your local radio station or via the podcast. Remember that you can follow the show on Facebook or catch our daily American Countryside radio broadcasts on your local radio station or on the web. And now you can find us at TotalTownMakeover.com or follow Total Town Makeover on Facebook for content related to improving your community. I'm Andrew McRae. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. Farming the Countryside has been brought to you by Pivot BioProven. Get what you paid for, the nitrogen that stays put, whether or not. Learn more at pivotbio.com.